go to Genesis chapter 2 this morning. I'm going to do the final message out of a series of three that I started a few weeks ago. We read the verse in the Psalms where it said, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And once again, I've said how I do believe that on purpose that there are forces out there, there are people that are destroying the very foundation of our society. And we saw at the beginning how we see how the work ethic of the American people has just been destroyed. God made us to work. God put that in. I mean, before the curse, God gave man work to do. We need to work. We need to keep busy. When we're not busy, we get ourselves in trouble. And uh, then last week, we talked about um, authority. God gave, put, you know, there's, there's authority structures that God has made, and these are good things. They are there to protect us. All of us are under authority. And you are not less of a person for being under someone's authority. Okay, you are just you're in the will of God when you're under someone's authority, and we ought we ought to respect that authority. We see there is no respect in uh, in a lot of our society for authority. We just we see uh, just the you know disrespect that I think is just absolutely disgusting, and it's show, it's really hurting our country. But then. I kind of ended with this last week. We talked about the different authority structures in government. We talked about that pyramid, okay, where you've got the federal government on the top, and then the state governments, and then the county, and uh, your local communities. Uh, we, and then at the very bottom, the family. And the family is the foundation. The family is where it all starts. God instituted the family. God started a family. He showed us what it was way back in the beginning in Genesis. And I believe one of the reasons we're seeing our country fall apart is because families are falling apart. We do not have strong families, and if we do not have strong families, we will not have a strong country. It's just, it's not going to happen. We have to have strong families. And you know what? The, the truth of a family, of what God set up, what God teaches, what I'm going to teach you today, it's, it's from the Bible. I, I never preach anything just to be mean. I'm not a mean person. I'm a nice guy. If you get to know me, I think I'm, I think I'm a pretty friendly person. I don't try to offend people. Okay. Sometimes I, I get a little ornery and I try to offend my wife or something like that. You know, I'll say politically incorrect things just to get her fired up. But that's, that's just for fun. Okay. But in church, I try not to do that. Okay. But, you know, I'm going to show you some things that are very clear in the scripture that are not popular, but we need to know these things. You need to hear them. And you know what? I don't know where else you're going to hear this stuff. You're not going to hear it on the news. You're not going to see it, hear it on television. Uh, kids aren't being taught this in schools. Somebody's got to teach this. And so you know what? I'm going to do it. All right? I, I volunteer. It's got to be done. It's got to be taught. And I believe, I believe God wants me to do it. And so, uh, you know, if you don't like it, don't get mad at me. All right? I, I'm just the messenger. Okay? So, this didn't come from me. Came from the Word of God. But in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the garden, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and he brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, 
and broader unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. We see right here that God had made Adam. And I want you to notice, this is before the curse. This is before the fall. Adam was a perfect man. Think about this. God made a perfect man in His own image. But do you see that this perfect man was missing something? There was something else that he needed, something that was very important, and that was a woman to complete the man. God looked at all that He had created. He looked at that man. And if you notice, if you go and read through Genesis chapter 1 and 2, Everything God made, He saw it was good. God saw it was good. It was good. It was good. And then He gets to man. It's not good. <laughs> he said, it's not good that a man should be alone. The man by himself, He did a good job making him, but there needed to be more. That He needed something extra. He needed a woman. And we see that uh, we see the very first marriage that ever took place. And God makes this woman he, the first surgery that ever took place in the Bible. God removes a rib from Adam and He makes this woman out of a rib. How do you explain that? Well, how do you explain speaking a universe into existence? You know, why didn't God just make form her from the dust of the ground? And I personally believe God took that rib from Adam because think about this. Everything in the world was really Adam's, wasn't it? I mean, everything was His. And I personally believe that you know, as a as a husband, as a man, you know, you, you ought to sacrifice something to get that wife. Maybe we could say our sacrifice we do is buying an expensive engagement ring or something. But you know, now we don't own everything. I think you ought to do something. A lot of guys these days they think just because they're good looking, they ought to get whatever they want from a woman. But you know what? I believe before you get anything from that woman, you need to be willing to commit yourself to her and only to her and put a ring on her finger and get married before there's ever anything physical. And I know that's awful old school, but you know what? That's just the way it ought to be. And I believe that God took that rib from Adam because he needed to sacrifice something. He needed to give something up, and so God took the rib. I don't know. That's just, that's just that's my theory on that subject. But we see, though, that that wife was a part of the man. He said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. We see that the Bible said that they are no longer twain or two, but they are one flesh. The man and the wife, they are one. You know what God called them? God called them Adam. So it says He called them Adam. Adam called Eve Eve. Adam gave Eve the name of Eve, but God called them Adam. Just like my wife, when we got married, she took my name. Her name, her, her last name was changed to my name. Why do we have the same name? You know why? Because we're one. I worry about, you know, I know feminism real big, you know, to keep your maiden name and all that, but you know what? The feminism don't make the best wives in the world. And, uh, you know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Oh, this is 2016. I know. And 2016 is not doing too good. Families aren't looking too good. Marriages aren't looking too good. This is the way it was. God called them Adam. And we see a husband, he's supposed to take care of his wife and he's supposed to take care of her physically. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. That husband, he's supposed to take care of his wife. She is the weaker vessel. 
Okay, I know there's women out there today that can beat up men. All right, but listen, women are the weaker vessel. Okay, and for for the most part, it's the way it's supposed to be. Anyway, you know, everybody's always wanting to come up with these exceptions. And listen, the the wife is the weaker. She's the weaker vessel, and the husband ought to take care of them. Okay, if a burglar breaks in, don't send your wife after the burglar. You go after the burglar. Okay, that that is your job. You get in the front lines. You know, you take the bullet. You know, you take the beating. Whatever it is. You are to protect the wife. That is your job. We see today, and I don't know if you—I mean, if you watch, you know, these kids' cartoons and stuff. Remember back in the old days, the princes always saved the princesses, didn't they? You know, they're not allowed to do that on cartoons anymore. Now, the princesses sometimes save the princes. They—they they, they cannot have the damsel in distress situation anymore. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you know, they I mean chivalry is gone. You know, guys are supposed to protect girls. They used to understand that. It used to just be a natural instinct. Guys protect girls. But you know what? Now we see guys, they take advantage of girls. They, they hurt girls. You know, they're wondering why there's all this you know, violence against women today. It's because we've quit teaching men that you're supposed to take care of the woman. You're supposed to protect the woman. We don't, they don't have that today. Thank you, feminism. That's one more area where feminism has hurt women. Men are supposed to be that way. You're supposed to be protective. And, but we're not seeing that today. We see that with the family, the first family that God ever made, a husband and a wife, they were two, they were one flesh. He said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And we see that when God gave a man a wife, we see that he, they, a physical relationship is a part of that. It's something that is for God made for a husband and a wife. That's what it's for. We've got to go back to teaching our kids that. We've got to get back to teaching you know, abstinence until marriage. I know it's not popular, but let me tell you, it works. It's good. It's the way God intended it. And it's right. It's still right even today. And we see that in that union of a man and woman, that physical relationship, that God put a blessing on that physical relationship. Turn over to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5, part of a man and a woman coming together, there's a, a, a result. There's something that happens as a result of a man and woman coming together. We have a couple ladies in the church experiencing that right now that, that are uh, with child. We've got Carrie who's great with child right now. And it's not going to be long uh, before uh, she comes. And that is, uh, that is a blessing that God gave to a man and woman when they come together. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, this is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man and the likeness of God made He him. Male and female created He them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son, look at this, in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. You all see that right there? They had at first they had Cain and Abel, and you all know the story that happened there. Cain ended up killing Abel, but then later God gave them another son, and it mentions this son. It was in Adam's own image. This boy that they had looked just like his father. And you know, isn't that exciting when you have a child? What one of the first things you do? You start looking. Who does it look like? You know, does it look like mom? Does it look like dad? And then as they grow up, you know, you start noticing those. Characteristics that are that are from you, and that it's, it's sometimes it's a blessing, sometimes it's a curse. Okay, have you, you've all we've all had those experiences where you see your kid do something, and you're just like, oh, 
I know where they got that. <laughs> you know, and you're usually like, where did they get that? But you know where they got that from. I mean, it's it's in their genetics. Why are they like that? They they came from you. They are your child. They are in your likeness. They have many of your mannerisms. And you know what? There's just there's something special about that. There's something exciting about that. And Adam looked at this child that he had, and man, this looks like this is this is my son. He's in my own. He's in my own likeness. God's blessing on a husband and wife are children. Psalms 127 verse 3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. We see that, that, that children are God's blessing on a marriage. God did not put any blessing, for example, on same-sex unions, only a curse. Okay? We see the blessing God put on a husband and wife are children. It says male and female created He them. And then look at Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. Now I know, you know, I'm surprised we even have to talk about this stuff, but we do. This is 2016, and we're being lied to today. We're been being fed a bunch of baloney, and I'm going to show you here what the Bible teaches. And science backs me up on this. Science has proved that the uniting of a man and a woman and a physical relationship is what produces children. Okay, science has proved that. Science knows how it works, but understand that it's ultimately God's blessing. That's the way God set it up. God. Is the one who created science. Okay? And the same science, the same creation that God made, that physical relationship that produces children, when you take a physical relationship between two of the same gender, it actually produces a curse. Who did that? God did that. Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22 Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down there too. It is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. And the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it. And the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants." Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments and shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of uh, your own nation nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. For all these abominations have the men of the land done which were before you, and the land is defiled. You all see what God said there. He said those who have that type of relationship, they are defiling the land. And God said, I'm going to visit the iniquity on you. And you know how God visits the iniquity on that land? He causes the land to vomit the people out. Now, what does that mean? The land swallows them up and throws them up? No. It means, basically, what we have proved in science, that there are diseases that come from that type of thing. We see STDs are on the rise like crazy in this world because of the type of relationships that are going on. I don't want to get too detailed and spend a whole lot of time on this. It's pretty disgusting. But science knows this. And it is a it is a not a lifestyle that people live in, it is a death style. I mean, they are dying horrible deaths as a result of these abominable relationships. Why are they dying like this? It is a curse. There is a curse on that type of relationship. And we think we're being loving when we say we support it. That's the most hateful thing you could do. If somebody's up here trying to drink poison, 
I'm not going to be like, no, I love them too much to, you know, they, they really want to drink that poison. And I, who am I to take that away from them? Hey, if you love that person, you're going to warn them. You're going to say, don't do this. This is destructive. This will kill you. And this lifestyle is being lived today. It's killing people. Our president understands this. Last year, in the month of May, he proclaimed June as LGBT Pride Month. And his proclamation, I want to read part of it to you. He says, we remain committed to addressing the health disparities in the LGBT community. Gay and bisexual men and transgender women of color are at a particularly high risk for HIV, and we have worked to strengthen our national HIV AIDS strategy to reduce new infections, increase access to care, and improve health outcomes for people living with HIV. He recognizes there are some serious health problems in that community. What he doesn't understand is those health problems, they can't fix them. They are there. It is a part of the curse. Just like they can't stop what a union between a man and a woman ultimately is going to produce. I mean, they're doing drugs and things to try to help with that. But, you know, we all know how children are born, where they come from. It's always going to produce that. And you know what? That LGBT lifestyle is going to continue to produce those type of diseases. He said, Now therefore, I, Barack Obama, President of the United States of America, by virtue of the authority vested in me by the Constitution and laws of the United States, do hereby proclaim June 2016 as Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Pride Month. I call upon the people of the United States to eliminate prejudice everywhere it exists and to celebrate the great diversity of the American people. Do you know what he was doing here? The President put his blessing on that lifestyle. He put a blessing on a lifestyle that God has already cursed. And guess what? His blessing will never overrule what God has cursed. That he cannot do nothing about it. He can bless it. The politicians can bless it. Hollywood can bless it. We can bless it. But God has cursed it and they cannot remove that curse. There is a curse on that and we need to warn people about that. It is, and, uh, this isn't fun. Somebody's got to tell the truth. Somebody, and you're going you're to get the truth around here. But our president is blessed, but his blessing cannot remove God's curse. So then the question, what about those who do not follow God's plan, but are still having kids? Because we all know that married people aren't the only ones having kids, right? That's a question that comes. But those who do not build their families according to God's commands, they literally have to work ten times harder than a family who does it right. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 says, Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. We see that two are better than one. There's a good reward for their labor. What does that mean? Okay, how many of you ever worked a job before where you had to work really hard, you had to work really long hours, and you hardly got anything for it? Okay, that's no fun. Okay, we've we've all had those jobs. Maybe we had to do where we felt like we had to work really hard to get anything. But here it says, when there's two, there's a good reward for your labor. How many of you ever maybe worked a job where you felt like, man, this is some really good compensation here? I like this. I could do this all the time. Well, it's the same thing in a marriage. okay? And it's the same thing when building a family and raising kids. Even if there's two of you, it's hard work. It's always going to be hard work. 
Many parents who are, who are married, who are both raising their kids, they fail because they're just not willing to put in the effort. They don't want it. They don't work hard. They give up. It's tough for anybody, no matter who you are. But at the same time, it's, it's always going to be harder for just one person. Now, some people do it. There are some people that, man, they put in the extra effort. I mean, they, they have to work a lot harder than other people, but they will get it done while other people that it should be easier for don't get it done. But just understand, the way God set things up, it was supposed to be a job raising a family, building a family. It was a job for a man and a woman. And it is ten times easier when they are together. You know, Where do you get the ten times from? Well, I get that from Deuteronomy 32, verse 30. It says, How shall one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? Wait, one chase a thousand and shouldn't two be able to chase two thousand? No, because when there's two, you can just do that much more. And it says one will chase a thousand, two will put ten thousand to flight. And I know that's kind of poetic in the scripture there, but I believe that. Listen, it is. It's hard raising kids. It's hard, you know, raising six kids, taking care of six kids. But you know what? I cannot imagine doing it by myself. I can't imagine how hard that'd be. I don't think it would be twice as hard. I think it'd be ten times as hard. And so, I try to take care of that woman that's helping me. I want to take. I want you know, a good employer tries to take care of good employees, right? I'm not, you know, and at the same time, a good husband's going to try to take care of a good wife. And I hope you all don't think I'm making her an employee, all right? I don't pay her anything, you know. But <laughs> um, but uh, at the same time, you, know, you do. You got a good wife, man. Hang on to her. Don't let go of her. Take care. Take care of her. But it is. It is that much more difficult. And no matter what, you know, no matter what, it's always difficult. Families who do everything the right way, as far as getting married first, they're still going to have challenges. But a lot of them give up. Okay, a lot of men and women. They're married. They failed raising their kids. Uh, a lot of reasons. But while others doing things the hard way, sometimes they overcome. It's so much better when you have when you do it God's way. When you have the right tools. Uh, and a way to illustrate this, I was thinking about this. There was a couple years ago. I was trying to tra- uh, change some blades on my lawnmower, and I was trying to do it with socket wrenches. And I was in the garage, and man, I am just struggling. I'm dying. I'm like hurting my hands. I'm cutting my hands up, and I just can't get those things off so I can change the blades of my lawnmower. And finally, I was like, forget it. I put the mower deck in my truck and I went over to Brother Garmer's garage and he's got an impact wrench there. That is what you need to use when you're taking uh, you know, blades off a lawnmower. And I don't know how long I had worked on that. And I had thought about the I was like, I don't want to drive all the way over there. I can just do this and get it on. And I, I, I worked on it. I beat myself up, got frustrated, frustrated. You know, almost cussed a few times. I didn't, but thought you know thought about it. And then finally, I went over there. We put the mower deck on there. He pulls out his impact wrench, puts it on, and goes zoop. And I remember watching it and just thinking, all that work. It's that easy. It is when you have the right tools. There are some things that are supposed to be easy, but you have to have the right tools. And if you don't. You can get it done. If I'd have kept working on it, eventually I probably would have got that thing off. But I would have probably had my hands all cut up. You know, I'd have probably made everybody in my family mad. You know, my boys, I'd have had them out helping me. I'd have been just yelling and screaming at them, hurting them. And it would have just been a mess. And you know what? Many people are trying to build families and they're not using the right tools. They're not doing it the way God designed. And it's, it's a challenge. 
And it ends up becoming a mess and a nightmare when it shouldn't be. If they had the right tools, it could happen real easy. And we need to understand when it comes to families, we gotta have we gotta have strong families. And we talk remember again, we have those different levels of authority in, in government. Okay? And at that bottom, the foundation, it is the family. And one thing that we have got to understand is that as parents, is our family is our kingdom. You ever heard that statement? You know, a man's home is his castle. Okay, and listen, man, it's our kingdom. Okay, I got, a, I got a kingdom. It's a small kingdom, as far as the world's concerned. It's out on two two five two zero Moline Road in Sterling. That's my kingdom. Three acres. You know, I make the rules there. I have my own set of laws there that the rest, the rest of the town doesn't abide by those laws. And you know what? They're, they're not my kingdom. That's my kingdom. In that kingdom, all right. You know, I, I am the husband. I'm the head of the home. I have my I have my wife. She is an authority in the home. She is over the children. I am over the children. And you know what? It is my job. It is our job as parents to protect our kingdom. Okay. I don't. I'm thankful we have police and stuff. But you know, I'm not going to depend just on the police for that. It's my kingdom. I'm responsible for that kingdom, and we've got to understand that. And you know what? Now, Y'all might not like this next part too, but I'm telling you, this is just Bible here. We need to protect our kingdom. We need to from those who would try to hurt them physically. And look at Numbers chapter 32 and verse 20. What it says: How many have ever heard the saying, "Be sure your sins will find you out"? Okay, we all know that. Be sure your sins will find you out, right? Okay, you watch what you're doing. Your sins will find you out. Well, what was the Bible talking about when it said, "Be sure your sins will find you out"? Deuteronomy 32 verse 20 says, And Moses said unto them, If ye will do this thing, if ye will go armed before the Lord to war, and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until he hath driven out his enemies from before him, and the land be subdued before the Lord, then afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel, and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if you will not do if you will not do so, not do what? Not go over armed. Behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Y'all see that? What did God want to do? He wanted them to go armed. Why did He want them to go armed? Why do they need weapons? Because there was an enemy over there. There were bad people over there. God wanted them to fight those people. And God said, you go. When you go, you go armed. You go first. You go armed. And if you don't, your sins will find you out. Well, what does that mean? Well, you're going to find out you didn't obey me and there was an enemy over there and they're going to kill you and you're not going to be able to defend yourself. And you know what? I believe I believe we ought to be armed. Okay? In my kingdom, okay? I've got some I've got protection there. I've got some weapons. And I'm not afraid to use them. I will. And thankfully our laws support this. You know, if somebody breaks in your house, you can shoot them and you won't get in trouble. In certain cases. <laughs> In certain cases, but I, I listen. I fully intend to do that. Okay, that's my kingdom. You come into my house. I don't know what you're going to do in my house. You might be trying to just take my stuff. I'm shooting you. Okay, you're dead. I don't know if you're coming there to steal. If you're coming to hurt my family, it's my kingdom. I'm responsible. Well, you should call nine one one. I will after I shoot you, and then they can come and get rid of your body and. It's my family. It's my kingdom. We have a law. Somebody breaks in our house, we shoot them. I've told my wife, I'm not there. Somebody breaks in the house. You shoot first, ask questions later. That is a law. 
in my kingdom. Why? Because I have a responsibility that God has given me to protect my family. One of my guns I have, I got specifically because I thought it would be easy for her to handle. So she can shoot somebody in the face if she needs to. Say, that's violent, that's mean. Listen, we know there's bad people out there. Okay, God told them, hey, you're going to have an enemy when you get on the other side of Jordan. So you better be ready. We know there's bad people out there. People break into houses. There's murderers. There's thieves. There's rapists. There's all those things. We know that they are there. Yeah, but we have laws against that. But you know what? They break those laws. They break those. And so, in case that happens, I've got to be ready to protect my family. And so, I'm armed. And if you don't want to be armed, okay, that's fine. But you know what? I wouldn't advertise it if I were you. Because you know what? Your sins will find you out. If I'm a thief, I'm going to the house of the person that you know doesn't believe in guns. I'm going, you know what? If I'm going to go rob a place, I'm going to probably, one of the first places I'm going to pick, I'm going to go look at the signs in their yard. And if they're supporting gun control people, I'm going to get these people probably don't like guns. Well, if they don't like guns, I don't have to worry about them because I got one. I can get what I want from their house. Let me tell you something. You have a responsibility to protect them physically. They're out there. And you don't have to. Be sure your sins will find you out. Protect And so you ought to protect them from those who would try to hurt your family spiritually. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. Y'all hear damnable heresies. That's a pretty strong word there. Even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Y'all see that? God warned us that in the church there was going to be people that were going to come in and they were going to bring in damnable heresies. If they were going to bring in lies that will literally get you killed, that will literally get your soul thrown into hell. God warned us about that. And let me tell you something. I've got a responsibility as a father to make sure I protect my family from that. And you, as fathers, you have a responsibility to protect your family from that. Don't you dare come in here and just believe everything I tell you. Don't you dare believe everything some preacher tells you. Just because some place calls itself a church, just because a guy gets up and he holds up a Bible and says he believes the Bible, don't you dare believe them. You have a responsibility to protect your family from false doctrine. Well, how do I do that? You're going to have to get the Bible yourself. You're going to have to study yourself. You better study this Bible. You better take, you know, you can listen to what I say, but you better check up. You better go into the Scriptures yourself. Hey, is this true? If you have questions, if something doesn't sound right, don't be afraid to come and ask and say, Pastor, where are you getting that from? This doesn't seem to make sense. You know, I wonder sometimes, how do these preachers get away with preaching some of the things they preach? Nobody calls them out. Nobody has the guts to stand up and say, wait a minute, doesn't the Bible say this? You're just going to let some man lead your family into damnation? You're going to let them lead you into heresies that are going to destroy them? Listen, judgment is coming on false religion, the Bible said. I mean, their destruction, it slumbereth not. 
And God has told us it's coming. He told us it's going to happen. And many people are just kicking back, laying back, well, I'm in church. I'm fine. I'll just trust what the preacher says. I'm telling you right now, you are shirking your responsibilities. You better find out it's the truth. Don't believe everything somebody says that's wearing a suit and tie, that's holding a Bible. You better check up the Scriptures yourself. It is your responsibility. I'm thankful that I'm allowed to be a part of your kingdom. I'm thankful that you all allow me to be an influence and a help. And that's what I want to be. But you know what? As far as you know, I could just be a con artist. As far as you know, I could just be slick. I could I could be lying to you, trying to make merchandise of you. I might just be here wanting to show off how big of a church I've got. And I want you all here to make me look good so I'm really something. You don't know that. You can't see my heart, but you can see the Scriptures. You do have the ability to do that, and you better do it. Your responsibility, your kingdom, and let me tell you, many families are getting led astray, they're falling apart, they're being lied to from the pulpits, and they don't know it because they're not checking the Scriptures. They're not doing their responsibility. And let me tell you something, that is that is your job. That is on you, fathers especially. That is on you, husbands. If you allow that to happen to your family, to allow yourself to get led astray by some preacher. Don't trust him. Just because he's got a name, just because we got named Baptist in the front of our building doesn't mean everything I'm going to tell you is the truth. You need to check it up with the Scriptures. Protect them from those who would hurt you spiritually. Protect them uh, from those who would hurt them mentally. Jeremiah 10.2 says, Learn not the way of the heathen. I wish I had time to harp on this for a while, but it's amazing how many families are allowing all the junk to be taught to their families through the television set. I mean, the, just the perversion that is being taught and crammed down our throats through what's being played on television, and we let our kids sit there all day and watch that and just soak that stuff in, and we wonder why they act as foolish as they do, why they make the terrible decisions that they do. We are letting these people destroy them mentally through lies that they're being fed on a television set. Let me tell you, TV, it's so fake. It is so fake. It is so ridiculous. And people think it's real just because it's called reality TV. Oh, this is no, this is real stuff. No, it's not. It's fake. It's planned. It's it's all edited to send a certain message, and it is a lie. And you know what? Your kids are going to want to watch all that stuff. Kids just naturally get sucked in and glued to that. And it's up to moms and dads to say, you know what? This is our kingdom, and in our kingdom, this is banned. We don't have free speech in our house. Okay. We don't. We don't have that. We don't have. There. We don't have. We. We got a lot of censorship that goes on in our house. We got one of those digital things so we could watch. We wanted. I wanted to watch the World Series. I want to be able to watch the Cubs. And one of the stations we're able to get is PBS. Let me tell you, PBS is just full of trash and garbage, sucking the brains out of kids. Oh, it, it's, it's so innocent. No, that, that is wicked stuff. I told you, do not let our kids watch PBS. That's banned. It's been banned in our house. No PBS, no Disney Channel in our house. Why? That stuff is ridiculous. We were at the doctor's office the other day. We don't we don't have access to Disney Channel, but if we did, I wouldn't allow it. And we were the, the kids are all just, I mean, staring at me. I, I literally think they all got dumber from that. You know, thirty minutes they were sitting in there watching Disney Channel. It was so ridiculous what was going on. Banned, censored from our house. Why? It's my kingdom. And I want to raise a strong family. And you know what? Part of raising a strong family is you know not having kids that are dumber than a box of rocks. 
And if they're watching people that are dumber than a box of rocks, they're going to act that way too. And so, bam, censorship. Okay, I'm not saying America ought to do all that stuff, but in the McMurtry kingdom, we got we got a lot of censorship, and we need to protect them from those who are trying to pervert them. Genesis chapter 13, verse 13. The men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly before the Lord. But what did Lot do? He moved his family there. And we see that after years of his family being in Sodom, an unspeakable story happens with Lot and his daughters after they leave. What happened? They got perverted. They got perverted from seeing what the men of Sodom did. They never did that stuff. We see that his daughters were virgins, but their minds were not. They had been corrupted by what they saw. Lot should have protected them from that. And we need to protect them from our families from those who are trying to take over our kingdoms. We've got people right now that they want to tell parents how to punish or you know not to punish their kids. We've got there's people in our government that want to force certain types of education on our children to you know to force certain medical things on our children. It's time that we step and say, you know what? These are our children. They're mine. I make the decisions. What I say goes. They are mine. You say, well, we need we need to do what the government says. Listen, we're supposed to submit to the government as long as they stay in their area. Okay, I'm an authority in my house, but I've got no business coming into your house and telling you what to do. I'm stepping outside my area of authority. Oh no, you always have to listen to the government. You mean like Paul when he ran from the government when it was when preaching was illegal? Or David who ran from King Saul and wouldn't assassinate him when he had the chance? David, he ran. Moses' parents didn't obey Pharaoh's law when they said they had to kill their son. They disobeyed the law. Oh, and guess who else's parents disobeyed the law? Joseph, Jesus, Joseph and Mary. What did they do? They ran. They went on the run. They hightailed it to Egypt when they tried to kill Jesus. You know what? Thankfully, it's it's not too bad yet. They're not knocking on. They haven't knocked on my door yet. But you know what? There's a main reason I'm against Trump building the wall. It's in case I ever need to run. And I reserve the right to run. I have a biblical right when the government steps outside its realm of authority and interferes in my kingdom, I'm running. And I like Mexicans better than Canadians. So I want to, I want to run that way. It's warmer. It's colder up there. That's my only reason. And so I say no wall. I don't want to have to worry about climbing over it or, or anything. And so uh, that, that, that's me. But my, my kingdom, as our nation becomes more wicked, we need God's people more than ever rising up, being a light. We need, we need them to show the world what a real family is because as goes the family, so goes the nation. And you know what? They know that. And that's why they're doing all they can to destroy the family. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 says that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Let's be strong families. Moms, dads, let us take control of our kingdom. Understand that your house, your kingdom. Let's raise them up because one of these days, our kids, they're going to leave our kingdom. They're going to leave and they're going to go start their own kingdom. And I want them to have a good one. 
I want, them to have, I want them to have good families. I want them to have the right kind of families. What the world's doing is not working. God's ways still work if we will do them. Somebody's got to teach them. We're going to teach it here, and you all need to teach, you all need to teach it too. We've got to spread the word. We've got to be a light. And so with that, let's all stand together.